Good morning. Oh, hang on. Wait, it is? Okay. All right. We're, we're ready now. We're ready now. Uh, I, I got to say, um, I was super excited uh, when, when Clay asked me if I wanted to, to preach again. I always love the opportunity to, to let God use me to, to, to bring a word and to, to open myself up to, to being used in that way. I think that, that there's something about being obedient to God uh, that that he brings unexpected gifts and and I get real weird when I start like preparing for a message like I I, I, I go into this like uh, uh, <laughs> hyper focused like psycho mode thing where like I can't hardly I like I have to I'm, I'm reading through scripture I'm looking up different words that I don't understand I, I'm I'm, I'm exploring these different ideas. I'm looking for what God is showing to me, and I, I write all these notes out. And, and so yesterday I showed up at the church, and I was trying to organize my thoughts, and God said, you know, I, I think I'm going to throw a curveball at you. And, and he's taking me in a direction that I wasn't ready for, and I don't appreciate that, but I'm going to go with it. And, and so we're going to do something a little different. You might have noticed we've got a couple of the, the guys from the band up here, and, and they're going to be participating, and today... You are going to be participating, uh, and so sorry. I hate to I hate to throw that on you. Some some people's like, is it too late? We're going to leave right now, make our way to the door. But what what I want to walk us into is the fact that sometimes when we're in a relationship with other people, the way that we get to know them, and the way that they get to know us, and the way that we um, like grow closer to one another is through a little something called communication. Right, We talk to them, they talk to us, you get to know each other. And the more that you talk, the more that you learn about each other, the more that you know each other, the more that they hear your voice and you hear their voice, you get to recognize those things. And so we, we communicate as a part of life as, as social beings. We are, we are made to be social people. The church was created so that believers could come together and that we could communicate with one another. We can communicate with God. And so it's very important how we communicate with God. And a, a lot of times, this is just me complaining about myself right now, but I feel like my prayer life often turns into a a, a list like a grocery list of things that I need God to take care of for me you know like I'm like God this person is sick they need a healing this person we you know they need this taken care of I need these things done blah 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 and I, I've got like this list and I, I, I feel guilty about it because a lot of times I feel like I'm just going to God with a laundry list of things that need done and I don't know if, if, if he wants to hear that from me, I don't know if that's a, a, a great way to pray. And, and so I started taking some diving into the scripture, looking for how to pray, looking for ways that I can make my prayer life a little more effective. And I thought, who better to take a look at than Jesus, right? Who, who, who sets a better example than the Son of God? And so we're going to start in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 6. This is super duper familiar scripture to anybody who's ever been in church for, for any length of time. But if you don't know it, that's okay because we're going to walk into this together. Um, and so if you do know it, that's, that's great. And if you don't, that's even better because you're about to really learn something important. And so the book of Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to start. And Jesus says to his disciples, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you notice I've said that about three times right there. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. But do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you asked him. And so Jesus is, is teaching his disciples, he's teaching anybody who's willing to listen, and he's talking about when we pray, not if we pray, not like the, the amount of, of 
distance between prayers or the amount the length of time between but but when we pray we're expected to pray and he kind of does a few things one he tells them about the secret place right and clay walked us through a wonderful sermon series near the beginning of the year and one of the the things that he really focused on was getting into the secret place was spending time in the secret place uh, because biblically that's where the father is like the father who sees in secret will hear the things that you say to him in the secret place and outside of that Jesus says a couple things that he he warns us against and one of them is to pray for attention right he says listen there's some hypocrites there's some people and they want to stand outside and they want to they want to hold up hateful signs and they want to pray loud prayers and they want to be seen doing it and I'm going to tell you that they have received the reward for their prayer right there nothing that they say is even going to make it through because they're doing it in vain and they just want to be seen doing it they just want to appear like they're the one who is who is garnering some kind of spiritual leverage with God it looks like they're doing something for God but really they're self-serving and you don't want to be like that and then a good thing for me is is he goes on to say also don't pray with empty phrases right like so so this is something that I, I want you to understand is one that we we don't pray for any kind of attention from anybody else and the second thing that Jesus says is that you're you the words that you use don't even matter like don't don't think that you have to have a big vocabulary don't think that you have to have eloquent words or or some kind of meaningful understanding of of the things that you're saying like like it, it, when when we start to overthink the way that we pray we start to use words that don't mean anything to us we start to to say things that we've heard somebody else say and we're like well it sounded good when they said it and so we try to replicate those things and and Jesus warns us away from that as well so he says look don't pray to get attention and don't think that you've got to impress God with the way that you pray right those are two things that we should stay away from but instead he says go into the secret place and when clay taught us about the secret place he said this quote and i wrote it down and i thought it was great he said if you really believed that god was there wouldn't you go more often and so this started to spark a few things in my mind of like if i believe that god the father is in the secret place and that when I go into that place and I pray and I talk to him, that not only does he hear me, but he's in it. He's in there with me. And I started to, to let, that, let that kind of sink in, and I started to think about, well, why don't we? Why don't we pray more often? Why don't we go into the secret place? Why don't we spend more time talking to God in a place where, where we're not looking for attention and we're not trying to be something that we're not and we're not trying to, 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 to speak a language that we don't understand, why don't we just go into the secret place? Because I know as a people, we search high and we search low and we look all around things and we're looking for fulfillment, we're looking for contact with the divine, we're looking to, to fill a hole in ourselves that, that we can't fill with anything else and, and we're looking for something to make us feel like we want to feel and we don't do it by going into the secret place and spending time with God and and I think it boils down to a, a couple issues one I think that sometimes we we don't know how to pray sometimes I, I think that we we've seen people pray and and we don't feel adequate sometimes I think that we don't practice praying enough to develop good practice good good habits of prayer sometimes i think that we don't even believe that it matters i think that we 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 come into a place where we're like well prayer isn't going to do anything i'm wasting my time and and we we run into all of these different issues and every one of us is different maybe you maybe you have insecurity about prayer maybe you have unbelief about your prayer maybe maybe you just don't have good discipline and your life is, is an absolute hot mess like mine. And it's just hard to find time to sit down and spend some time in the quiet place. And so I believe that each one of the disciples and every one of the people around Jesus were experiencing some of the same issues. And so what they did is they went to Jesus and they said, hey, teach us how. 
right? They went to the authority on the, on the situation. They went to the Son of God and they said, listen, will you teach us how to talk to God? Will you show us how you pray? And, and Jesus said, I'll, I'll do that for you. And so as we get into verse 9 of Matthew chapter uh, 6, Jesus says, pray then like this. So if you know this, let's pray it together, okay? He says this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And a lot of us know that for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Right? Like we, 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 we have said this prayer uh, if, you, if you grew up in church or if you've been to church, like a lot of times the Lord's Prayer is hammered into us and it, and it starts to lose its potency and it starts to lose its power because we've got it memorized and we know what it says, but we don't understand what it's saying. And so today we're going to take a step back away and we're going to walk through the Lord's Prayer together and we're going to practice the things that Jesus shows to us because I don't believe that anything that Jesus did was inconsequential. I don't think that anything that Jesus did was insubstantial. I think that everything had purpose and everything had power. And when Jesus does something, he does it to reveal the heart and the nature of who God is and what God is telling us to do. So we're going to go through three steps to pray like Jesus. We're going to look at three steps that we can follow based on the Lord's Prayer to pray like Jesus. And I think the first thing that Jesus does is he recognizes and he magnifies. Okay? So if anybody can't see good, you already know what magnify means. That means you've got to make it a little bit bigger. We, I was just talking to my grandparents outside about glasses and how, you know, sometimes it just, it's nice to be able to see things a little clearer. And I think that part of what Jesus does at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is he recognizes who he is talking to. And then he takes a magnifying glass to make that even clearer. Right? He makes it bigger to himself. He makes it bigger in his own mind, in his own heart, in his own soul. He knows who he's talking to, and he wants to make that as big as he can to himself. And I think that this is the place where, you know, a lot of us, we, we enter into prayer in, in, in the wrong way. And so the, the first line of the Lord's Prayer says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? Like that's the, that's the first thing that Jesus says when he says pray then like this. He, he, he introduces God in a, in a weird way to the culture back then because God, like they weren't even allowed to say God's name. Right, And this dude walks up and, and not only does he say, my father, but he includes everybody created. Everybody ever made is, is included in this statement. And he says, not only is this my father who divinely created me, who sent me to earth to do something, but he says, this is your father. This is our father. This is the collective father of all things. And he says, this is our dad who created all of us. And he is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. And so he, he is recognizing who God is for each and every person. And then he magnifies who God is. And he says that his name is hallowed. And that's a weird, that's a weird word. Uh, so I went ahead and I Googled it because that's the kind of person I am. And hallowed means that something is made holy or consecrated. Something is greatly revered and honored. So when, when he says, hey God, hallowed is your name, hallowed is who you are, hallowed is your person and presence, he's saying that, that your name itself is holy, that who you are is consecrated, it's set apart from everything else because it has a purpose and a power to it. And he says that it's greatly revered and he says that it's to be honored. And so not only is he introducing who he's talking to, but he's making that person even bigger, right? And so what this is, is this is called exalting the Lord, right? And, and I, I feel like there's, there's been some circles moving around where the exaltation of the Lord is, is becoming 
more and more important because we don't want to just talk all the time about the things that God is doing for us or the things that we want God to do. But there is a, there is a power to knowing who God is and who God says that he is and and when we are able to say those things back to God what we're doing is we're speaking the power that God has over ourselves we're we're teaching ourselves who God is and we are blessing God by by openly admitting and and saying God this is who you are this is what I believe this is why I'm talking to you and and the book of Psalms says this uh, the psalm says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And so the band's getting ready to play in just a second. I don't want you to even pay attention to what they're singing. I don't want you to pay attention to any of the chords that they're playing. They're just going to give us a little bit of noise so that it's not weirdly quiet. And what we are going to do is we are going to bless the Lord at all times. And his praise is about to be in our mouths. And I, I, I was challenged a while back by a lady at, at Big Stuff and, and she did this thing that she called the ABCs of exaltation and so I went ahead and I wrote my own ABCs of exaltation and so here in just a moment I'm going to read those to you and I want you to just let them settle over who you are and what you believe about God and then Kylie will sing and, and what I want us to do in that moment is I want you to, I mean, if you're bold enough, speak it out of your own mouth. But I'm not going to make you do that because I know that, that that's getting into, like, I, that's my teacher mode coming out. Jesse, what's the answer? You know, like, and I'll, I'll sit here and wait. I don't care. Uh, but what I, what I want to do is I want to invite you into a place where you began to exalt the Lord yourself that you start to let your spirit and let your heart admit to yourself who God is and the power that he has that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth that my soul is going to boast in the Lord and anybody who knows that they are humble and underneath the Lord's authority they're going to be glad in what we're about to do and we're going to magnify the Lord together and exalt his name together so, so I'm going to pray over us, and I'm going to exalt the Lord with this list of the ABCs that I've made. Okay, I know that sounds weird, but like, let's just let's enter in this together. And and after I'm finished, I'm going to let Kylie sing us just a, just a moment. And I want you to to allow your soul to start to exalt. The Lord, I don't want you to think about anything that you need. I don't want you to think about anything that's burdening you. But all I want to do is recognize and magnify. Okay? Let's go into this together. Father God, Lord, you are almighty. You are awesome. You are amazing grace. You are Abba Father. You are the bread of life and the bridegroom of the church. You are the beginning and the end. You are compassionate in all things and you conquer anything before me. You are the creator of it all and the comforter of my soul. You are my defender and deliverer. You are the director of all things and you are dependable above all. You are everlasting and ever present. God, I want to exalt you with my words. I want to exalt you with my life. You are faithful through it all. You are a fortress in times of need. You are my father. You are my friend. You are fearless in the things that scare me to death. You are generous to me. You are gentle in your presence. You are gracious to forgive and you guard my soul. God, you are my healer. You are my helper. You are my hiding place. You have given me your Holy Spirit. You are infinite. You are incomprehensible. You are intentional with me. You are I am. You are just. You are joyful. You are the judge of all things. You are Jehovah. You have given your son Jesus to us. You are kind. You are the king. And you are the keeper of my soul. You are loving to me. You are the light 
and the lamp unto my feet. You are long-suffering when I continue to make mistakes because you are magnificent. You are majestic. You are merciful. You are marvelous. You are never failing. There is no one like you. There never will be. You are omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. You are over all things. You have made me an overcomer. You are powerful. You are patient. You are my pastor and my partner. You are my parent and you are perfect. You are quiet when the need to be quiet arises and you quell all fear. You are restoring who I am to who I need to be and you are righteous through it all. You are redemption incarnate. You are secure. You are my Savior. You shepherd me through all things and you are strong in the face of my own weakness. You are my teacher. You are the tower of strength. You are truth. You are understanding of the things that I need, and you are unchanging when the world is changing around me. You are upright, and you are unshakable, and I have nothing to fear when I'm with you. You are victorious. You are the vine that sustains. You are worthy of it all because you are the Word of God. You are the way maker. You are exactly what I need, exactly when I need it. You are Yahweh. You are yesterday, today, and tomorrow forever the same. And you are zealous in your love for me. God, you are more than my words can explain. And all I want to do this morning is to lift up who you are. And so God, as Kylie sings, let us just dwell in your presence and let us know who you are. And let us exalt your name and magnify your presence. Amen. See, the, the very nature of God, the fact that He has given us an opportunity to even talk to Him is beyond my understanding. That the, the God who created all things has given us an outlet to come before Him and, and to even have an audience should, should blow us away. That when we come before God, if the very first thing that we do is just bring a, a list of things that we want God to take care of, we're, we're, we're minimizing God when we should be magnifying. And so as we, as we approach the throne and as we, as we take our prayers before God, I know that, that Jesus showed me that we need to recognize and magnify and then the next thing that we need to do is submit to God's authority. Now this one makes me a little uncomfortable. Uh, it makes me a little uncomfortable because I, I like to know what I'm about. I like to be planning certain things. I like to be kind of in charge. And when we look at 
verse 10 of, of uh, Matthew 6, the, the Lord's Prayer, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And th there's nothing about me in there. <laughs> like, there's nothing about me in that. Because it's saying that, okay, God, I know who you are. I, I've, I've magnified you in my, in my vision. I, I'm looking at you in a new way, and I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I, I think that it's important to note that, that we, we are asking not for anything of ourselves, but we're asking for a movement of God that his will would be done in our life that the kingdom that he reigns over would, would make its way down. See, heaven and earth are not the same thing right now. Like, the Bible does say that in the end of time that, that they're both going to they're, they're collide together, that a new heaven and a new earth is going to be made, and that, that we're all going to be able to be a part of that new kingdom. But right now, earth is below the heavens, and above the heavens is God. Right, And so when we think about the hierarchy of things, when we think about where God is in the food chain, so to speak, he is the, he is the, the top dog. He's the alpha. He's above it all. And, and we, we need to understand that you're not the main character, right? And that's hurtful sometimes uh, because I, I am the only character I get to play. Uh, and and I'm, not the, I'm not the main character of the story. And so when we, when we start to go on through the way that Jesus showed us how to pray, we see that Jesus himself takes the second seat. Like he doesn't even put himself in the main character's shoes. But he knows that he is just somebody else that is supporting the narrative that God is writing throughout history and time. And he says, God, let your kingdom come and your will be done. And, and he understands that God's authority is above our own authority and that his will transcends our own and that we need to, to align. See, it's not about the words that we pray. Like, yeah, the ABC thing, that was pretty nice. I like that a lot. Like, I feel great about that. I feel like that was awesome. Um, I feel like I, I, I had a chance to, to, to evaluate who God is to me and write some things down, and I feel like that, that really helped my heart. But it's not about the words that I wrote down and it's not about the things that I say, but instead it's the posturing of my, it's the position that my heart is in and my spirit is in when I say those things. It's the way that I approach prayer that matters, not the words that I say that matters. And when, when I understand that God's authority is above my own and I submit myself to him, that's where I can willingly give God the direction in my life that I'm not trying to write my own path see Proverbs chapter 3 says this it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding well that I mean I don't understand a lot so that kind of gets easier sometimes for me but trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight he will make your path straight. So that, that means that all throughout your life, you're going to be walking on different paths during different times in life. Like, that's, that's completely understandable. Every time I turn a corner, it seems like I'm, I'm stepping onto a different part of life, and I'm walking in a different season of life, and I'm always moving from path to path. And it says that if I will trust in the Lord and submit myself to Him in all of my ways, that every path that I have, will be straight and and I want you to like this is a bitter pill to swallow having a straight path does not mean that it's an easy path okay like when we see the path that Jesus walked it was straight as an arrow and it led right to the kingdom of heaven it, it led straight to the father's throne and Jesus never had an easy time of it but it says that my path will be straight. It's not going to be confusing as to do I need to do this or do I need to do that? Do I need to quit doing this? Do I need to quit doing that? Do I need to start doing this? Like it, it, it helps eliminate all of the, the, the inconsistencies and the questions that the world tries to throw at you to clutter up the way to the king. Right, And so when we submit ourselves to him and we trust him, it makes our path straight. doesn't say that it makes them easy, but it says that it makes them straight because the bitter pill is this. When we don't submit ourselves to God, we make the statement that we don't trust him. When we don't submit to God's authority, 
when we don't submit ourselves in all of our ways to God, it, it says that I don't trust God. And that's, that's not a fun thing to, to admit to ourselves. But there are, there are times in my life where, like, I, I have not submitted things to God. And it drew a hard line that said, God's way's over here, and I'm on this other side. And it's because the line of trust is in the middle, and I wasn't ready to step over it. I didn't trust that God was going to, to know the best thing. Like, I see... What I really want to do is take all of my past. I want to like look at my destination in like uh, uh, binoculars, and I want to say, "Hey, God, this is where I want to go. This is this is my short-term goal for now. That's my long-term goal for later. Would you just make that straight for me? Would you just pave that out? Like, there's some mountains, there's some hills, there's some trees and valleys. Like, you just go ahead and bulldoze that mountain down, like they did in front of the high school, and you just go ahead and make me a straight line so that I can see down through there, right? Like, that's what I really want. Like, I want God to just make my way nice and easy. I want God to make my path nice and easy, and I don't want to take the step off of the way that I want to go to walk the way that He is leading me in. And it says that all of our paths will be made straight. And, and this is where my direction and God's direction branches off because the things that I want to do are often not the way that God is leading me to do things. And so when God makes our path straight, he's not going to make it straight to where you want to go, but he's going to make it straight into himself. Okay? All of your paths will be straight and all of your paths will lead straight into the heart of the Father. Okay? And so, Philippians chapter 2 says this, Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And if that doesn't say that the straight road is not easy, then there's no way that I can explain it to you. Because if, if God were to show up right now and he were to audibly speak to you and he would irrevocably change your life and you would have no shadow of a doubt in the authenticity and the real power of who God is, and then he said, now, the next thing you're going to do is go over here and die, that would kind of be like, well... <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't argue that you're, you're here and you're real because you just showed up and you spoke to me, but the path that you're laying before me doesn't seem like it's the best path for me to walk. And Jesus demonstrated for us, not just in word, but in action, that when we really trust God, when we really submit ourselves to who God is, it will always lead in the direction of God's will, and it always takes us straight into the heart of God's power and presence in his nature. And so Jesus modeled it. He even, he, even prayed, he even prayed about that at one point. He said, God, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. Like he even, he even went to God and was like, hey, listen, I, I want to continue to set this example, and I'm going to ask you for something that you're not going to give me. But I'm going to ask you for it just in case, but more than anything else, I want your will to be done in it. And a lot of times I feel like what happens is, is we go to God with things that we want done, and it's things that don't happen for us, and we lose the power of our prayer, and we just quit praying altogether because we have something that we've asked for that God hasn't provided. And it's not that God didn't provide for you. It's that he didn't provide exactly what you wanted. See, your path was made straight. It just didn't lead where you wanted it to go but it's going to lead you closer to where God is and so Jesus showed us this and so I'm going to pray again and I want you all to pray along with me and then we're going to sing a, a, a little bit longer and I want I want you to understand that what we're trying to do is we're trying to get our hearts ready to enter into prayer so that our prayer time is productive time and that the presence of God begins to open itself up and it shows where God is and how God is working in your life. See, we've recognized who we've talking to. We recognize that we're talking to God. We've magnified who God is for us. And now we're going to move on in and we're going to submit ourselves to God. That means that what you want to do doesn't matter. Where you want to go doesn't matter. Who you want to become doesn't matter. 
but it's who God says that you are, where God needs you to be, and the path that God's placing you on supersede our own wants and desires. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't care because He definitely cares about you. He cares about you so much that He has given you a way to walk right in and talk to Him. But what I'm saying is that, that I should become less so that He should become more. Right? I'm trying to find a way that I can minimize who I am and maximize who God is and submitting myself to His authority fully. I need to be able to trust God in everything in my life so that no matter where God leads me, I am joyful to walk it because I know that I'm becoming closer and closer to Him. So, Father, let Your will be done and Your kingdom come. God, let everything in my life reflect that you are the king over it. God, this is, this is something that's so hard for us. Like we, we want to lay ourselves down and it's, it's not natural for us to set ourselves aside. But let your authority be the way forward. In the same way that Jesus prioritized your will over his own, Help us to follow in his footsteps. See, we don't understand all the things going on around us. We don't understand. And it, 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 God, it's hard to wrestle with it sometimes. But I want the first thing that is known about me is that I trust you. That I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you, Father. That, that I want to follow you all of the days of my life. And I want you to lead me by the hand to the places where you would have me to go. God, I pray that every path that we walk as a church and as a people, as a congregation, is straight into your arms, is straight into your heart, is straight into the will of God, that, that, that everything that you need to accomplish in my life will be done willingly and obediently. God, I pray that our lives would be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable. That the words that are in our hearts and in our minds and in our mouths, that they would not be our words, but God, that it would be the very word of God speaking through us. Let us speak it everywhere that we go. Let every hour and every minute and every second of my life belong to you. And God, at this time, I, I give it all to you. God, I give you my life. I give you my job. I give you my wife. I give you my children. I give you my future. I give you the past. I give you today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day that wherever you want me to go, God, make my path straight and I'll walk wherever it leads. Have my life, Lord, and take me where you would have me to go. Amen. Just place your hand over your heart. And give that heart away. Let God know that it's His. Submit yourself to an authority that is above yourself. Let God know that, that wherever He's going to lead you, that you want to walk in that. That this is a, this is a step in a, in a direction where, where we are desperate for God to move. And we want to follow God into that place. We want to know that the path that we walk is a, is a path of consequence and that the, the will of God is being done in everything that we do. So in the same way that Jesus prayed, that it's not my will but yours, let's spend a moment and, and give that to God. Let's, let's submit to that authority.
Amen. See, I believe that the purpose and the, 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 the layout, the format that Jesus gave to us as he gave us the Lord's Prayer was to help us position ourselves in a, in a way that when we start to bring our needs before God that we have prioritized the things that are truly important. See, we know who God is. We've given him our trust. We've submitted to his will and authority. And then we move into the last part of the prayer, and it says this. Uh, this is the part where we're going to tell God our needs, right? So we recognize and magnify. We submit to God's authority. And then we start to bring our needs before the throne, right? We start to tell God the things that we need. And, and Jesus does this in a, in a specific way, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit. But this is, I, I feel like if we approach God in humility, understanding the power and the presence of, of who God is, and, and we, we give him our life and our heart, that when it, when it comes to the things that we need, in, in perspective, he's, he's given us everything already. And so when we start to, to request things, we're coming from a different place in our heart. We're coming from a different place. And so Jesus does this in, in verse 11. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil, from the evil one, from the, from the hands of the enemy, right? So, so we, we see Jesus doing a few specific things here. He's asking for the things that we need today. And it's real easy to get caught up in the things that we're going to need tomorrow and the things that we're going to need the next day and the things that we're going to need next year and Jesus says, listen, what we really need right now is we need to make it through today. And we need, we need God if we're going to do it. Like if, if we want to make it through, just like in, in, in the wilderness when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, every day they received enough bread for the day, right? And so he's saying, give us exactly what we need to make it through exactly what's going on today and give me my daily bread. And then he asks for God to do something else. So he's asking God to give him sustenance, to, to sustain him, to give him the things, the strength and the power and the, the things that he needs to make it through the day. And then he says, God, I need you to forgive me. I need you to show me your love so that I can in turn show love to others. So I need you to forgive me so that there's forgiveness in me so that I can forgive others. I need you to love me so that I can love those around me. I need you to lead me by the hand, not into temptation, but into the direction you would have me to go. And that if I run into anything along the way, I need you to help deliver me from that. I need you to make a way out for me. And so these are important because as we come to the Father and we start to ask for the things that we need, we need to prioritize what we need today. We need to prioritize love and forgiveness. We need to prioritize direction and protection. And, and we, we need to, to take these things to God. And Matthew 7 says this. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. For which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? See, God wants us to come to him with our needs. Like, I, I, I firmly believe that God wants me to bring the burdens of my heart, and, and he wants me to bring them to him. I think that he wants me to bring the things that I need, the things that I desire, the things that I want. I think he wants to help me out of the troubles. He wants to deliver me from things. He wants to lead me, not into temptation, but into the, the will of, of, him, of, his, of, of, of his glory, that he wants to take me away from bad things into good things, that he has good gifts to give us, and he's told us to ask him for those things. Now, 
I firmly believe that God wants to let us know that He is for us and not against us, that He wants to heal us from old, overwhelming hurts and pains and, and, and all of the things that we have picked up along the paths that life has put us on. But I think that more than anything else, God wants to give you everything that you need to press forward today. That He wants to give you your daily bread today. That in this moment right now, God is trying to make a way into your heart and into your mind so that your daily bread will have, that, that there is a place where living water can flow from. So that each and every day from now on, that you have what you need to press forward from one step to the next, from one day to the next. See, God wants to give us everything that we need to press forward today. And, and I don't think that there is anything that God will withhold from us. I think that, that, that His grace is sufficient, that His mercies are new every day, that Philippians chapter 4 says this, it says that my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, that means that there is, there is a, an abundance of wealth. There is an abundance of riches. There is a never-ending supply of good things that are coming from Christ Jesus. There is, there is everything that you need can be found in the, the never-ending riches of Jesus Christ. Like there is nothing that God doesn't want to give you. But as we, as we follow the example that Christ has set for us, as we look at the, the way that he prayed, I think that it's clear. Kylie said it a minute ago when she was talking about, um, in, in the middle of, of the song, she was talking about feeling distant from God in the way that, that, that you know, God has already given of himself. See, John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, I, I feel like when we go and we say, God, I need my daily bread, that oftentimes God's trying to tell you that it's already been given that the bread has been offered, that the wine has been poured out, that there is a source of living water that you can drink from that you'll never thirst again. And sometimes I think that we take needs to God that, that he's trying to, to tell you that are already being met, that they're already being healed, that they're already coming to fruition, and we don't see it yet, but, but we need to continue to trust for it. Uh, see, God has already given enough and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't ask and knock and seek but it means that the ultimate gift out of all of the riches of heaven the gift that God wants to give you most is himself there is nothing more that God wants to give you there is nothing greater that he could ever give you than himself and he has given that to you freely and so here in just a moment, if, if you've never received that, we're going we're gonna to pray one last time. The band is going to come up and they're going to lead us in a song to close it out. And, and we're going to go home and hopefully we're going to remember the things that we've practiced together today. But if there's somebody next to you, this is the part of the Lord's Prayer where we ask God for the things that we need. So if you feel comfortable, look at your neighbor and, and let's share some of the things that we need. Let's share, like I might need a healing that, that, that you can pray for for me. And you might need a way for, for one of your children to come back in and, and to find out that God has given himself for that person. There might be, there might be chains of addiction that are, that are in your family or in yourself. There might be deep wounds from traumas and abuse that have been hid away and that you're trying to deal with. There might be a, a path forward that seems so difficult that God wants to make straight. So let's, let's put our hands on our neighbor and we're going to pray for for the needs of our neighbor we're going to pray for the needs of ourselves, and we're going to ask God to give us our daily bread we're going to we're going to pray for the things that we need we're going to ask for forgiveness for ourselves. we're going to ask for forgiveness to to for us to give to others we're going to ask for the the healing of deep wounds and for for the freedom from debts and bondage 
We're going to ask for God to lead us along with His Holy Spirit, that He would lead us not into the things that we don't need to be in, but, but that God would lead us along the paths that are going to ultimately lead straight into His arms, that, that we would be in step with the, the Holy Spirit, that we would be delivered uh, from the evil one. So let's take a moment. Let's pray over one another. Let's remember that that sometimes the, the needs that we want are not necessarily the needs that we need. That, that we have a lot of things that we want, but God is trying to meet the ultimate needs of our heart and our spirit and our soul, and He has given Himself to us in such a way that if we would receive it, we won't need anything else. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your heart. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would give more of yourself to me, God, that I would know you better. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be poured out into the lives of every person here, God. That you would give us the power and the presence that walked with Moses through the desert, God, that you would give us our daily bread for exactly what we need, exactly where we are, exactly right now, God. God, I pray that you would lead us not into temptation, but you would deliver us from the hands of the evil one. God, whatever temptations we're experiencing, whatever disaster has struck our family, whatever hurts and abuse that we have gone through, God, I pray that you would deliver us from those things that you would lead us along the straight path into your will, God, that, that healing would begin to break loose this morning, that, that, that cancer and tumors would, would begin to dissolve, God, that broken families would begin to restore, God, that, that hope would bloom in the, in, in the face of destruction, Father, that you would give us forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong, that you would show us love when we feel unlovable, God, that, that unforgiveness would begin to break loose and that the love and forgiveness that you have given me, God, that you would allow me to pass that on to the people in my life. God, let, let it be done in, in your name, God, for your glory, that, that we would be a people transformed by your power and presence. In Jesus' name, amen.